Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Groisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, Season 1, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website, gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. Hello, welcome to Our New Voice. Thanks for listening. Oh, today we have more fun. I tell you, I never know what's going to grow from the things I dream. But here I sit with a little mirror, one of my college buddies and her new partner. And they've agreed to share with us what it's like to start a new relationship in this like new reality. And there's such open people who've been coming to Couples Fishbowl. So we're excited to welcome you. Hello, Laura. Hello, Miguel. Hello. Hi. 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 <laughs> Hello, Laura. You're <laughs> sorry about that. Yes. Hi. Well, these are done on Zoom, so all sounds will be what they are. But thank you both for coming, and we're excited to chat with you. And I have Miles here with me as well. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we'll just go with these questions because we just finally go in all directions. So we'll see what happens. All right. So the first question is, how long have you guys been in a relationship? 20 months. I ca- I counted. Yeah, it's been 20 months. Nice. You're doing the month counting. I love it. <laughs> I love it. 20 months. All right. And you're in agreement there, Miguel? I was going to do the math, but I was just going to say, yeah, definitely getting close to two years. We're... we're we're starting to fall into the momentum of two years, so. Wonderful. So tell us, Miguel, how have you changed from the relationship? Well, you know, I was thinking about that particular, out of any questions or anything that could come up, that that's definitely one that I was thinking because most people, you know, like to, or at least from my perspective, it's like, I don't want to change, right? Like, I don't want to change who I am to be with somebody. But, you know, I have done some counseling, you know, couples counseling, personal counseling in the past. And so I realized that, yeah, you know, the the changes, quote unquote, that need to happen or should happen or someone's open to them happening are are good changes. Right. It's things that are going to help you with somebody, with yourself that will help with other relationships. So it, it it. for me, many years ago, when I was just getting into the counseling thing, that the the change word was like a stigma for me. But now I have accept, you know accepted it and really try to roll with it. But for me, I, I would say that my personal issues coming in <clears throat> to Fishbowl was my way of communicating with my intimate partner which can come across a little too defensive or a little too on the attack side instead of allowing the conversation just to naturally happen. And so I've definitely noticed that I've, I've been more aware of myself than I ever have when engaging with, with Laura that then trickles down to, you know, when engaging with my mom or engaging with my sisters or engaging with, with other people that might trigger me. <clears throat> 
And so it's definitely allowed me to be a lot more conscious about it on a day-to-day. I would say that that also comes from, from you know, multiple years of, of now doing this work, but definitely there was a, a major you know, change that, that it was felt and seen in regards to my normal way of being, right? I wouldn't say doled down, but became more controlled in, in that manner when talking with, with Laura or, or others. Nice, Miguel. I appreciate that. We can't help but have to become aware, right? When anything that comes up between us is keeping the love from flowing, right? You fall madly in love with somebody and all of a sudden you're like, why am I like getting irritated at this thing I love? Why am I defending? And it's an inside space, right? That's the only place that comes from. And we perceive it like it's outside of us. And I think that's what's really up is, you know, what's going on on the inside that's going to show up in the changes, right? Not exactly. I didn't want to go too in depth. I didn't know if you wanted to maybe just scratch the surface, but yeah, that's 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 what I would say is the main thing is that I've I've gotten past looking at the reaction, but now it's why am I reacting like that? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, there could be some times that okay, it could be your partner that maybe triggered you in a way that was unnecessary, but for the most part. Uh, you know, it's I'm looking at, OK, well, what for, and what's been happening really in my life right now? That's that's been it, it has been a pattern in the past is that my lifestyle from work, career and doing hobbies or whatnot, it gets me way too busy or I may not feel comfortable in that yet. And so that frustration ends up coming out on my intimate partner and it's unnecessary, right? It's unnecessary at least to attack. I can say, hey, today's not a good day. Let's just everybody be, you know, cautious of Miguel today because I'm not I'm not having a good day. And and that alone can, you know, it'll it'll set the tone for better communication with their people can prepare themselves to communicate with me. And then I can also let people know like today's not a good day for me. You know, I might be uh-huh. a little offended or I might come off a little too strong. So, yeah, it's really, you know, really looking at that, your your own magnifying glass and, and what's going on within that's causing these outbursts, or at least from my perspective, the outbursts that I'm putting on to others. Nice. You're always so authentic. Thank you, Miguel. How, how about you, Laura? How has it changed you? Oh, I think there's a lot of ways. On, on one note, I feel like I'm more complete. Like I, I've I've always been a strong me, but being in a we has made me more aware of like, Ah, just just really more complete. But on the reflection side of my own inner growth, I think you know I've had a, a few few powerful moments where I realize that you know I can also be defensive and have my own blind spots, and that I, I think I'm more you know I think I'm more aware than I actually am. So I'm learning to be a little bit more patient, for sure. Miguel is beautifully expressive, but sometimes can be long winded. And when it has the tone, the hard tone and the vibration, and it, you know, it can be really hard for me, but I realize that he does really have wisdom for me. So I'm learning to try to read the intention behind the words. You know, the other day was, it was actually really a beautiful example of this, but he's like, why do you have so many pictures on your phone of you, but no pictures of you hanging in your house? 
And, you know, it, it was a little confusing for me. I was like, well, my phone is like my photo journal. Like that, I, I can go back and see that moment in time. And it's like a portal. And yeah, you know, they're not, no, there's not no pictures of me in my house really. But what he really wanted to tell me was that when he, he gave me a compliment that I, that he perceived a, a lack of self-love and he was right. He actually accurately picked up some vibration that I was emitting so I, I really am having a lot more reverence and, and grace for the dance of giving and receiving feedback, you know, and having, you know, compassion because sometimes it can be so hard to hear things about ourselves. And since I'm such a big picture person and I move fast and he is a very detail oriented person, he, his like strong suits will help me be, be a better me, but it's not easy to change. So I'm also... Yeah, really being humbled by how even things that I want to change about myself, then I catch myself doing them again. And I'm like, wow, you know, just some, I feel like the dance of, of a personal growth with a partner can be really, really rich, but it's so important to like breathe and have patience with yourself and with your partner. But I think that patience that I give to Miguel will feed me and help me grow and help our relationship be stronger. Nice, Laura. Yeah, I mean, knowing you both a little bit from being in the fishbowl, to me, what's beautiful is that we are, in fact, like being mirrored by the things that we need to maybe harness or understand about ourselves, right? Because Miguel shared that he, too, could be busy doing lots of things going all over and that sometimes he finds himself triggered to seeing that outside of him. Do you know what I mean? Or like, so it's a way that the other person, and I guess because Miles and I are such mirrors, like we're we're mirrors in ways that I have found so uncomfortably annoying because there's things that I find about myself and Miles and I want to change them so bad in him, but I don't even know how to even go at changing them in me. Like I want to decide they're over there and I have to do the work on that garden and that once I get that garden right, then I'll be okay. Like crazy town, straight up crazy town, you know? But for me, I started to think when you both were sharing about how you change in the relationship and how relationships tend to be the classroom they are. When Miles came into my life 22 years ago, I already had children and had been married for 10 years and was divorced at the time. And I was very loyal in character and I was nothing but you know, happy with my ex-husband, his family. I call him my husband, my outlaws. Like I love them. Like we stayed tight. When Miles came in and I was taken by the love and the draw and the passion and all the things that, you know, came with us just physically being near each other, just that activated us both and like big changes in my changes, I started to feel split and it wasn't a split from me to them. It was a split to the family I thought I already had. And how do I share where I was with where I'm going? And I had a really hard time making that full step into Miles, Tristan, and Cole because I didn't want Miles, Tristan, and Cole to take away from John, Joey, and Philip. You know, so that was why I think so much of the work for me was really integrating my ability to just be present where I was and know that loving any one of them was like loving each one. Like, as I love John, I was loving Tristan. As I loved Miles, I was loving Philip. You know, like that in loving and being patient with the one in front of me, that's me being that way with everybody, you know, and that I had to learn to be that way. So what about you, Miles? What do you feel like was your changing 
that happened when you first came into the relationship? It was our relationship for me was was when just when we've been looking at everybody else's relationship and everybody else's experience, like they have that honeymoon period where they're so in love and everything is new and everything is great. And it's like that you have this like total like projection and of, of perfection over the new partner. And I feel like we went to that and like skipped like the, the, the disappointment phase, right. into like the, the crazy stress of like all the, all the kids and all the, you know, the, we got, you know, we had to get pregnant with the twins and, and, and literally I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to cook a pot of pasta. Like when we first met, I got it. And I mean, I, I didn't know like that you cook, like, yeah, I'll just, I cooked it. I cooked it. And I just let it sit there and until she came home and then she, she was mad. <laughs> I was, I think I was just so surprised. I think what happens is just like, you, you, you're what? Like, you're that, you know, like, whereas I'm certainly going to, but go ahead. I, I had, a, I had, I had like so much to learn and it was like a crash course and it was like, so it was changing all the time and then, and then being rigid and saying like, no, I can't go. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't, you know, because it was just, it was a lot. I mean, that's, I know that's generalizing, but it was just, having no responsibilities, just only being responsible to, to myself, to taking all these other responsibilities and just kind of fudging my way through through them and and learning and, and doing all these things. And, and, you know, it was, it was good and difficult and, and stressful and all that at, all at the same time. But I don't know that I would have learned it any other way. Like, I don't, think that at the, that time I, I was so stubborn and so like, nobody was gonna tell me what to do right <laughs> so, and, and then there I was saying no no you, you can't do that no no right. like the kids are here like John and Joey are growing up and watching you like so for me it wasn't like I have to turn you into the man I want I was raising young men and you were an example in my house so if anybody knows me I'm not easy like that I take that stuff seriously. La Donia, right, Laura? That's right. That's right. La Donia in the house. Mm -hmm. So if we That's beautiful, Miles. I really appreciate how a, how a relationship can help you learn to cook and inspire you to be more organized and more cleanly. You know, on, the, on that front, I, I do want to give Miguel props. His mom was a beautician and he has helped my hair quality. Like he's helped me like really look, look at ingredients of products and, you know, to make sure I read the codes in the supermarket. So if it starts with a four, it's not supposed to have GMOs. So I think he's definitely up leveled, like even my personal care, which is, I think is amazing. Like my boyfriend's helping my hair look the best it's ever looked. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Miguel. I really appreciate that. Well, that's a perfect transition to the next question. What kind of gender roles have you noticed in your uh, relationship, if any? You know, how gender roles played out? Like, have they at all in your relationship? I am. I, I'm not too sure. I mean, we're, he, you know, Miguel is so good. He's so complimentary. We, we, it's so natural and organic how we are. I mean, I do find that for the, for the listeners, we're in a long distance relationship. So I, we fly back and forth to see each other. So when I'm with Miguel 24 seven, 
for one or two months when I go to Texas to see him, you know, I definitely act in the gender role and I like clean and I cook and I do, you know, well, actually Miguel's a phenomenal cook, so I cannot, and he does more cooking than me, but I definitely do the dishes, but it's, it's, it's totally fine. I don't have any, any qualms about that. So as far as gender roles, we're both very loving to each other. So I, I'm not aware of any gender power dynamics. How about you, sweetheart? No, I was thinking about this question and it was kind of hard for me to understand it because I, I don't, even from a just a young child and, and perhaps what's so beautiful is that both Laura and I like don't look at the world like that. So it just perfectly meshed. But I did grow up in a family with very, very strong women. But so I'm not sure if maybe that played a role, but even from a young child, like I, you know, I understand that some people may fall into these categories of what, you know, what man is supposed to do or what women are supposed to do in a relationship or in a house or in a family. But I never have really looked at it like that. I, I just look at it like what's all the work that needs to be done and who's going to split it up and, and who's good at doing this and who's good at doing that. And I do believe that it's always good to switch roles sometimes just to give people a break. Like I enjoy doing manual labor. So when I go to Laura's house, you know, if I see something broken or something that, you know, needs some fixing, unless I know that may bother her, I'll go ask her. Or if it's something, you know, that's personal to her. But if I'm, you know, if like the door is like not shutting well, I'm just going to go grab some things and I'm going to fix the door. So I think that perhaps maybe we are naturally just, you know, if people think that men can can naturally fix things, I guess, if that's a gender role. But I would say that those are compliments of each other that we just kind of naturally do. I am not the best at doing the dishes, but I will say when I go to Laura's house, because I know she's always helped me with the dishes, I try to just, you know, always be there doing the dishes because she's you know we're in her home she's busy doing her things so I'll always make myself available to do the dishes at her house you know I think it's more of a of a game of let's look and see what are the things that we want to do more when we're together which is all the fun stuff right enjoy time with my kid enjoy time together let's go to the park let's go play or something and then also the work Right. Like if we have projects or what are things that we need to do, you know, whether it's with our home our personal careers or our friendships or families. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to like designate the tasks. Right. I think we, we are pretty good at just naturally doing that. But I I come from a at least from an environment that and I naturally am like this where, OK, let's designate the task. Right. And so. I like to do that. And I think she likes to do that as well. And we kind of take turns, I feel, playing that role. But, you know, I, I do like to talk about this topic with people because I do feel that society in general, maybe Laura and I aren't the best examples of this, the, the gender ideology that's that's happening right now in this world. Because I would say we were both very just natural in our, you know, she's very natural in her feminine energy and I'm very natural in my masculine energy. But yet we still do cross over quite a bit. But society, I feel like, is very affected by this, right? With this stigma behind it that like, if I have to cook, then that's going to make me less of a woman because I'm more than just cooking. 
you know, and, and, or the, you know, the same to be said about a man that, you know, why do I have to be the one to take out the trash? You know, why can't you take out the trash kind of thing? And I, I feel like both of us don't even look at it like that because we are comfortable in our feminine and masculine energy where it's like, Hey, the trash just needs to be taken out. Someone, anybody can take out the trash, you know, like, Hey, the dishes need to be done. You know, if it gets piled up, it's going to be a mess and no one's going to have a dish to eat on. Right. So for me, I, I at least I try to be and I think we are good examples for society to like, hey, stop with that kind of stigmata. Just leave it alone. Things have to be done in a household, in a relationship and, and, a, and you know, everything outside of that. So, like, don't don't limit yourself into thinking that if anything, um be conscious of what you are good at and maybe what you're lacking or may need some help in and see if your partner can help you. If not, maybe you, you need to be focusing on then the, the, the parts of your life that if you're not, if you're not cleaning well, if, if you don't know how to prepare a simple meal, then perhaps you do need to start learning that now, right? Instead of depending on your, on your partner message to listeners my man cooks and cleans really well and it's totally hot <laughs> yeah it's wonderful like what a great quality like when i started dating miguel i'm like man he cleans like a champion and a phenomenal cook better better than me so yeah really really happy about that and we we shop together we also do the food when we when you know we go food shopping we make the plan, you know, he, he has helped me make a plan. He's like, well, what are we going to eat today? Let's plan the week. And I'm t- totally not like that. I'm like, what's in the, what's in the fridge? And uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I think it goes well both ways because, and thank you for that, Laura, because I do appreciate that. Some women don't appreciate that. Or some are like, oh, that's a pansy man because he cooks, I guess. Mm-hmm. But because, or, or unless you cook barbecue, then, then that's okay. But, but <laughs> You know, sometimes it is necessary to have someone like Laura that, you know, I'm not focused on what I'm going to cook. Let's just see what we got. Because I will say, as, as someone who loves cooking, that also brings out my best abilities in cooking. Where if Laura's like, look, this is what I got. Let's just go figure out and eat something. Okay, well, we go look and we're like, okay, let's see. Let's try to make a really good meal out of this. And some and and in my life, when I have done that in my own house, that's when I've made my best meals, right? Because you you just you you work with what you have and you try to make the best of it. And yeah, and sometimes it can come out to be a beautiful thing. And and sometimes I do jump on Laura for not thinking in that way or not doing that. And you know, I try to hold back from from reacting and just going with the flow. And and yeah, sometimes it ends up working out just fine. And and then. Maybe, you know, sometimes it may be like, Laura, you know, okay, let's, let's actually plan our meal or let's, let's use up what, what we have and, and find something that we can complement with it to, to, you know, be resourceful. With our, our relationship, we had a gender role switch. Like I, I was taken to, I was jumping in where where I, I was needed, and she, Madeline would be going to was still going to school to get her master's, and so I would be home, and I would, was making you know cooking, and and then on in the winters I was off, so then I was taking care of the kids, so I was like the stay at home dad for for what six months, five months of the year, I think. So in that sense, like the the gender roles kind of like switched up, and there weren't a lot, they weren't like any 
the other people that we that I that I had you know been interacting with any friends or anything. So it was just it was just a new experience taking them to the bus stop in the morning and picking them up and and doing doing all those things. So our our gender roles were kind of jumping in where we ne- were needed and when I, where I was needed was at home and to to make sure they were okay and do the laundry, clean the house and do that kind of stuff, help them with their homework. So, yeah. So I get what's move on to the next question. Well, no, I want to reflect. I want to reflect. Yeah, because I I I appreciate what you both brought in because, you know, like Miles said, when I was with Miles, the twins came, and after the twins came, my masters where I met Laura. But prior to that, with John and Joey, I was a stay-at-home mom who like cooked and gardened and stuff like that and was bartending at night, you know. So I had been living both, but I've always been kind of a dude-like girl. You know, I've never really been the one who was going to kind of soften back too easily. But I also recognize that when Miles was doing those things, sometimes it was, you know, hairy scary because he didn't know what he was doing. But in truth, he got better at most of those things than me. Do you know what I mean? Because he really had a different focus on it. Because I'm like Laura a little bit more. I'm big picture. I got so much going on. But like the detail and the focus that he brought in, it brought a sense of security and safety to the family. Because yes, my love was there, but she was a moving target. And I was that moving target. Do you know what I mean? Whereas he was rock steady. And I remember there being times where I'd almost be frustrated with like how good he did things because I couldn't do that because then I'd resent him like, well, I want to be the mom. I want to do that. And then I'd go to therapy and be like, well, even if I were the mom, I wouldn't do it like that. I'd be doing the way I do it. And this is what's better for the twins because they really needed to know that we were the boss because if we didn't like lay down, not the boss, but they need to know they could trust us and that we were secure. Otherwise they might've overridden our authority and not necessarily worked with us as a team. You know, they're strong-willed people. So Miles held it down in that way that was profound, you know. So all to say, it's pretty amazing how it works out that we grow what we need to grow with the people that we end up knowing, you know, and that we get to see all these parts because I grew compassion for the masculine, the feminine. I grew compassion for the children. I grew so much compassion letting go of that idea of how I thought I had to be and making room for someone else to bloom. And that's where it's kind of cool. Like everybody gets to bring their gifts in the coolest way they do. Right? So thank you, Milo. Yeah. Can I add something to that? Well, that Miles, thank you for sharing that because it did also just spark something in me. This is what I have put thought into this for many years ago, especially when I had my first child. And I do think it's very important for children to see both roles, both parents do both roles, right? Like, for instance, for with you, Miles, I see you as a very masculine energy. And so your boys are going to for sure, you know, they're going to be confident boys. They're going to know how to work a knife. They're going to know how to work with tools or you know, they're going to know how to defend themselves or, you know, in, in, in many different aspects or, you know, they're not going to have any problems with that. Same with my child. But when they see their their dad who, you know, can do very masculine things, go to the kitchen and cook and do it in a way like I would imagine that, yeah, you know, you're like detail oriented. You can, you know, no, it's simple. Look, this is what you do. It's step one, step two, step three. Boom. Rice is done, right? Or pasta is done. 
it is a very powerful thing for a child to see that. And I think that that's also what's lacking in today's world, that these new, you know, Gen Z, or whatever you want to call this new generation, they're, they're growing up <clears throat> not knowing how to do these things. Now, I know there's some that, yes, they're, they're becoming very independent, but at least from my perspective that I see, because I do have a younger sister that's like 14 years younger than me, and her friends and other people that are that are younger, they don't know how to do these things, right? Unless they grew up in that environment where they had one person that was very strong in that role. But like, you know, sometimes Laura and I come into a situation where she's trying to just put together a simple cabinet. And in her mind, she's like, I can't do it. I need a man. I need a man. here, And I'm like, hold on. Like you can do this. It's very simple. Just follow the instructions. And the same thing with like my sister, for instance, where she can't cook something. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't cook this? Like, I don't know how to cook it. Da, da, da. You know, and I'll walk her through it. And now she feels so much more empowered. She's like, man, I now have, you know, she's called me before. Me, you know, she calls me Miga. She's like, Miga, I got three dishes now because you helped me because I practice it just like Miles did. Well, I'm like so good at it. And now my friends want me to cook it all the time. And like, and I love it. Right. And so I think that it's, it, it is important for children, especially to see the parents do both roles, because we're only going to empower them more there. And, and I feel like, especially when they're older, they're going to really seek the person that's going to compliment them in a way that's just so seamless and, and effortless. Before we switch to the next question, I just want to talk about how what we've noticed in, in our relationship with just with the, them noticing the, 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 the roles, cooking and stuff. Tristan has started cooking at his at, in his college because he took himself off the meal plan and st started started you know getting groceries instead with his work study money. And uh, and just uh, there's other things like just with all the struggles that we've had with our relationship we were split up for three years and then we got back together and still had trouble and we're arguing and and they still you know and they were they were here and they would hear that and and it was still and see how it, it would repair and how it would stop you know and how we would repair each time and then we'd have another one that we repair each time like a pro a relational process rather than Oh, let's do it behind closed doors, you know, so they don't know, but so, you know, they don't know where, like my, my parents got a divorce and I, I, I only heard them arguing behind closed doors every once in a while, but very rarely. So I, I had no idea what, what they were arguing about or, you know, or saw a process or saw a gradual improvement or, or transformation of their relationship and, and, until they were divorced. And by that time I was well into my twenties when they get divorced. So I was like, oh, okay, you know, like, you know, and I never really asked him why I just said, okay, you know, it's none of my business. I'm growing up. I'm out of the house. What do I, you know, that's, that's their thing. That the witnessing of, of what, of the relationship and witnessing of you, you moving through life. That's the important, that's an important example and a, a, a important way that that your children will learn i agree honey i agree yep 
we're the mirrors, they're the teachers. Everybody's getting their stuff to be shown. That's how it grows. So tell us about humor. What's the role of humor in your relationship? How do you play? Like, how do you? Not laugh? allowed. No humor. Not allowed. Oh, so you're the Castro. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I met Miguel, he was so funny that I was nervous that I wasn't funny enough. But then I realized that I'm the perfect target for his for his comedian. Yeah, he he likes to make funny voices and, and repeating what you said in a funny voice. So it's actually pretty hysterical. And we always crack up when he do that. He does that. And he has a humor, honestly, it, when he's in the space to give me feedback from a place of humor. Yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular. So I'll, I'll, I'll actually, so for example, he came into my, this is my bathroom, by the way. My bathroom's rather large, so I had enough space for a desk in here. And this is where I could have total privacy. And this painting here that's on the wall, he saw it. It used to be here, like up, it used to just be on the, the, the ledge. And he's like, why isn't this hanging? Like, why, 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 why isn't this hanging? And I like pulled it over and I was like, look, this is where I, I hide these things. And he's like, why are you an old lady? And then, he, and then he takes out this plastic bag that I have. I have little plastic bags here. It's a bathroom, you know, I have like a little trash bin. And he takes this little ball, this trash tra tra and he looked at it and he goes, and he runs to my altar with all my sacred objects. He puts the plastic bag on the on the altar, and I was we were just laughing so so much. So it was, yeah, it was, it's a great example of he's like you know how, how he uses humor to give me some feedback and help me see like that maybe I'm a little cluttered or maybe my space could be more beautiful or yeah, it's 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 actually a real gift that he has, and I'm so grateful that he loves to make me laugh. So I, I do do appreciate that immensely. Nice. Yeah. Let let me get let me give some clarification to the bag story because just it 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 is it it can be pretty funny. So, anyways, she keeps her. You know, a lot of people will save your grocery bags for trash bags and whatnot, and it's like around your house. But she has them like in every part of the house as if it's like a emergency kit unit or something like like an extinguisher or something like that. And so <laughs> she's like, only two places. no, that's a lie. And so she created she's like she's using up some space in her bathroom that she could use for other stuff. But I, I open it up and it's full of these little, you know, balled up plastic bags. And I'm like, what is this doing in here? Why don't you have this in the kitchen? Just put them all in one space. Well, no, you know, what if I need a plastic bag in here? You know, so I started kind of joking with her that like, oh, she, the, the importance of the plastic bag, you know, it's like you got to have it. You know, it's like it's like your emergency uh, ejection lever, right? Like, oh, I got to get the plastic bag, grab it. You know, you pull it out. So I'm like joking. Oh, hold on. Let's put it next to her shrine where it's next to her bed, where she has all her easily accessible things right away. So that's kind of where the joke was. It's more of an inside joke, but, but you I, know, I will say kind of funny that you say them because I mean, you can't get those anymore at the store, right? Like there's that's no more fault. plastic bags anywhere. So it's kind of funny. Is it, is it, it was a national thing? Because in New Jersey, like you can't, we, we can't, like you don't get plastic bags anymore. You have to buy the bags. No, yeah. And, and it, uh, it is I'm not seeing that change in here yet. 
Texas has been starting to do it as well. Yeah. So I have I have my whole storage here because yes, they are very <laughs> I try to recycle them. And but what's funny is that she does too, but she's got like bags all over the house, like hidden. You know? That is not true. Case. There's only here and in the oh, utility no. room. Two places. And on your shrine. And on your shrine. No, because that's the one you put there. But I took that one away a long time ago. So I will say that, you know, just to start off that, thank you so much, Madeline, for bringing this in the fishbowl, because it really has opened up a deeper thought process for me, at least, in how to move around and how to incorporate sarcasm in a relationship. But you also, for me, really shown that it can also be a negative thing, right? Because hopefully your viewers actually go look up the definition of sarcasm because that's what shocked me. There's nothing sarcastic about it. It's actually a real negative thing. Or, you know, I would say for the foundation of it, it's not a good thing, but it can be a good thing. And the problem is, is that People want to use something that's lighthearted, like sarcasm, to open up a conversation or to maybe diverge a conversation or to make it grow. But most people, I would say, because, again, that's kind of the definition of it, take it in a negative connotation that you're actually bringing someone down rather than lifting them up. And it's really helped me really shine the light on that in my eyes, because I, I would say a strong suit of me is that I do use sarcasm to break the ice in a positive way. But when I'm in that zone where I'm now attacking, I will use this great tool of sarcasm. And now it's like a 12 foot sword that weighs like a hundred pounds that all I have to do is just swing it a little bit. And I'm going to take down whoever I'm talking with. And that's not what I'm trying to do because I'm using the sarcasm to put a foot in the door. But unfortunately, the once the foot's in the door, what I'm pushing in is nothing but the negativity of my message. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for that because it's literally been on my mind ever since you've brought it up. And, and that's one of the things that I should have also said when you said, have you noticed any changes? It, that's one major thing. It's like every time I bring up sarcasm, I try to look at it as, is this creating harm or is this uplifting? And for instance, yeah, sorry, I, go for it. yeah, I appreciate that because you know what happens for me as a character is when you put me in an environment, whether it's working with children or a rehab or a hospital, I, I pay attention to the fields of everything that's happening. So it's in the fishbowls that it became clear to me that we needed to talk about sarcasm and how powerful it was and what was going on. Do you know what I mean? So it's in my willingness to be in the mirror, which is what the fishbowl is. It's not a place that you leave your keys and then everybody goes home with different people. Though the spiritual mirrors that we are for each other's souls and the journeys of relationship is yes. And it became clear to me in that frequency, in the way I tune into things that that's something we have to get precious about. And I appreciate the way you took it away as well, that you can still be playful, but pull the person up. Don't put them down. Because like you said, you're coming in with your negativity. Like you're pretty much saying, I'm not sure where I am. So I'm going to put everybody else where I want them to be. So I'm comfortable. Yeah, big time. And, I, and, and that is how I react. Because 
I am just a funny guy. I, I was voted like class clown in high school and all this stuff. You know, I, I try to entertain people. I love it. I, I think it's great. And but I can, you know, for, I'm still trying to figure out exactly why I will turn it around and use the funny joking part to just stab people pretty much, you know, so to speak, figuratively speaking. But but yeah, so it's a beautiful tool. And like, for instance, I, I I would say in our relationship, it's more of a positive thing than a negative thing. Like right before we got on the show, we were on the we were on the call and I was like, and she was like, OK, you know, all right. I'm excited to be on there. I'm like, yeah, baby, I'm so excited. I'm going to beat you up on live podcast in front of everybody. And, but it's, you know, I'm not, I really am not taking that in any real way. It's just, you know, when we get in fishbowl, it can seem like we're, you know, beating each other up because we're talking about it. And so she knows, like, I'm not trying to beat her up, but, you know, it's just a way for her and I, you know, other people may go like, oh, wow, why would he say that? But both of us were laughing. Can I go? Huh? Can I say something to that? It's like a little bit of a chat, what I want to say. Because yeah. when you made the joke, because I mean, I'm really, you know, I use sarcasm a lot as a tool as I was growing. So, and I'm just asking. So it's it's not really a challenge. It's an inquiry. Let's just say I have an inquiry. Because I heard you made a reference to, okay, baby, I'm going to beat you up on a live podcast, like kind of thing. And I know in the fishbowl, when you were in your passion, potentially even slightly triggered, your direct tone and force at Laura was brought into the shared experience for you to reflect on. And I wonder if the joke you're making isn't that you might feel sensitive to not wanting to do that to Laura. Absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I don't want to beat her up. Right. I don't want to. And so, yeah, I'm kind of laughing. If anything is at myself. Right. I'm really not. And thank you for saying that, because I was trying to figure out, like, damn, if someone else is listening to this. Are they going to really think that I want to beat up Laura? But really, thank you for that, because, no, it's I'm kind of making fun of me at this point that I end up beating up Laura because of how I am dealing with my life, which really has nothing to do with Laura. But when we go into the fishbowl setting, you know, and I'm talking about these things and like what happened last time, right? It's like now my real natural self starts to come out and I'm like getting all Tony with her, which, yeah, that is what I'm trying to stop. Right. And so but it, it's it's starting to really show itself in a, in a, you know, in this setting of the of the fishbowl. So, you know, but I'm not trying to I'm not trying to beat her up. It's just unfortunately my muscle memory. And so. You know, I feel like because both of us see the improvement, you know, our relationship is flourishing and you know, we're, we're taking it day by day. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, it's like I'm, I'm poking fun at me, actually, not at Laura, but it's something I'm throwing at her that we thought it was funny. And yeah, it's, it's great how it's like, man, if every relationship were to just sit down and and literally dissect your sarcasm like so much could come out of that and it and and i do feel it's very important because some of our best moments like she says she's like my prop that i make fun of her in a way but it's really to look at her cuteness and or look at these weird things that everybody does right like i'll make I, you know 
she may not hear it a lot, but when I'm like in public settings, I make fun of myself in a way to have people laugh, right? To to open it up. Like, look, I'm I'm making myself vulnerable. Like, let's all laugh at me, okay? Because it's okay to laugh at at yourself every now and then. But uh, you know, I do think it's very important to have laughter and and to be able to show your vulnerabilities and not not feel hurt or ashamed in doing so. So it is a it is a it can be a tightrope. But if you get good at it, man, it, it can really it can really make things in a, in a beautiful way. All right. So you're on mic. You want to say something? I actually think it, it, it is my suspicion that when Miguel uses sarcasm and it's a hurtful versus funny, it's because he's stressed out. Or it's because it's a hot button, but an issue with him that hasn't been resolved yet. So I, I think that, yeah, meditation has been extremely helpful because if he, mood, mood affects it. So if he's in a, in a better mood, it, it will, it, it's easier for him to stay in a helpful humor zone. Then, I, I mean, this is just my, my, my take or my observation, but I think that him, his meditation practice has really been helping him being more uplifting moods so then he can be more playful. And I, you know, and I, and I know that he's joking with me because sometimes like it's all about tone because if the tone comes off harshly, then I'm like, man, he, he's holding in a judgment and then executing the judgment. And then, it, you know, because I am sensitive, I'll feel it. And then it'll throw me off. And then because he actually really does not want to hurt me now, it kind of snowballs because now he's, he's potentially set off because he hurt me. Or he perceives that I am feeling hurt, and I may be right because he is like I tell him he's he he's an empath for me. Like what I feel, <laughs> Miguel picks up on, and he's like then having a response to what he's picking up, and then it gets more complicated. And I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. We'll just drop it. And then sometimes it, it has in the past snowballed, but we are we are getting better at moving through things faster. So that's a really positive thing. Nice. Anyone else reflect on that part before we go to the next question? Appreciate the juicy responses. So we just want to touch on authenticity. You know, one of the things that, you know, vibration tells us is that different things have different frequencies. And one of the highest expressions we have is to be authentic, meaning like, you know, clear to ourselves, true to ourselves. So have you found it easy to be authentic with each other? Sweetheart, you want to answer that one first or me? So I don't know what it was about mine and Miguel's meeting. I'm pretty sure it was the enthusiasm. As, as you know, Madeline, I had seen a video of Miguel speak on a viral video that he spoke out against COVID. And I was like, this man is lit. It's amazing. Two weeks later, I was completely shocked when he showed up to my Airbnb here in Sedona. So I greeted him with such enthusiasm. So we met each other at such a beautiful high frequency and for whatever reason, you know, destiny, but we've just been, we're energetically so compatible that it feels very, very organic for us to like talk for five to, you know, we've had conversations on the phone, five hours, seven hours, we can be in silence together. It feels, yeah, I, I don't know. It just does. It does feel very natural for us to share and be authentic. I think the what what I'm learning is maybe to be aware, more aware of how he's doing before I enthusiastically, you know, share everything that happened that day or 
you know, to, just to just be more present is is what I would like to do. But as for authenticity, I feel like I've been able to be very, very authentic with him. And sometimes, you know, he'll tell me straight up, Laura, this is not good. This is not good. We need to talk about this. But I'm I'm grateful. I'm I I I I feel very, very comfortable and very at ease with him in that way. Laura, I love the part that you bring in like our enthusiasm and excitement, right? Because you can say, I'm authentic, like I'm just excited and I want to dismiss, but there is a responsibility to co-regulate to a degree that the person can receive you. Do you know? So I appreciate the maturity that that brings to all of us when we recognize that. And I, I and to learn that authentic doesn't mean just do whatever you want. It means like that you are in some level of mastery wherever you're at. You're tuning to yourself and you're communicating authentically to your partner about where you're at. You know, like Miguel said earlier, like I'm in this, I woke up in a mood. Something's on me. I need space today. Like I just, I, I don't got it. I'm not with there. I got to figure out something. I got to be where I am right now. Do you know? So like space is grace. So yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate the way we're all learning how we are so much a part of what makes the relationship work. Yeah, it's been, a, it's honestly been the most beautiful experience that I've had with a man just in, in regards to just feeling so compatible. So it's, yeah, really, really beautiful to, because when you are that, like when it feels that natural, that organic, it's like, oh, you know, and, and doing the spiritual work at the same time, it's like, then we're meeting each other as king and queen nice. know, and, and, and as equals. So that's a, that's a really beautiful gift. Nice, Laura. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, I would say really that if anything, our issues may be if we're too authentic, because we are kings and queens, you know, sometimes there's like a power struggle going on there with, with your authenticity. But yeah, I would say that I have been in a relationship, though, just to bounce it off from, from the perspective of not feeling authentic. I have been in a relationship where I did not feel authentic. And it's hard because some, sometimes you don't even realize that it's happening, that you're not in a space where it's it's like allowed, right? Or it might be kind of frowned upon or just not accepted that that you're trying to be your true authentic self. So it kind of leads you to going off and, and doing something that you need to do to make you feel authentic, which is not a bad thing. I think that it's that's actually good in relationships you know, especially with Laura and I being long distance, sometimes, you know, I, I feel like when she goes and does her things and, and, and with her community that really make her feel engaged, it's like, yeah, she needs that, you know, and perhaps I may not be there with her, but it, it helps her feel authentic. And so, and that could happen even here in the same household that look, if she wants to go do something or vice versa, that's going to really help grow herself as this authentic person. Great. That's like good, you know, go do it, get stronger, get your self-esteem up. Then the thing is when now, when, when that person comes back is, are we, you know, are we holding that, that same light or are we allowing that person to feel authentic by just sharing their experience? And I do feel that sometimes that is where we may, bump heads just in the sharing of the experience that to feel authentic like she was saying which i feel like applies to anybody right if if someone's not in a good mood 
you know, or someone's, it's like, let's just say someone's relative just passed away and you're super excited and you come in and you want to tell them everything about your authentic day, that person may not resonate well with it and they may not care about it at that time. And so like you were saying, Gurisha, to, to master that would be, okay, maybe right now is not the best time to talk about my authenticity with this person, but at a later day, it, it could possibly help them now because I'm sharing something that makes me feel good and maybe makes them feel good. And I do feel that for most people, right, if when we see someone feel good about themselves and doing things in their life that really exemplify who they are, it typically will make other people feel good, right? Or at least, at least to shine that light on yourself. Okay, well, what do I need to do to feel like that, right? And, and I feel like both of us are just in a time in our lives that we want to feel very authentic. We want to be that person. And we're both growing and learning how to respect each other's authentic, you know, authenticity without bringing down the other person. And yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a tough thing to do, I will say. Nice. Great shares, guys. I appreciate everyone who's listening. I hope they're getting tuned into how those answers are true for you. Anything else you want to say about being authentic? I think that one thing about being authentic in our relationship is that um, we're trying to create and and be be artistic and do our do a good job and do and work to get together and collaborate. But I think there's also been a really authentic way when when making mistakes, you know. It's the difference between, say, d- doing something and doing something that you know might might be go wrong. Like say, drinking one beer and, and it, instead or drinking six beers instead of one, and then you wake up and you're and you're hungover the next day. Like you're 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 authentic. Yeah, I can. I you know authentically want this to, to to drink this beer. To, and then, but you you know that there's too far. So at some point, just making authentic mistakes those mistakes that you know like when it happens you're so surprised that it happened those are those authentic mistakes and those are those that's you know the the most potential you have for learning and growing quickly is when you make those mistakes those yeah i wouldn't use alcohol because i feel like that has a habit game in it and the whole way that people say they can do something different than they can that's like where there's an energy holding you that's what i mean it's like an authentic decision yeah, like yeah. you think you because it's your desires have more power than your trueness at that time. And more is the answer, right? right. Whenever you're in one of those kind of habit patterns, like more is the answer. You know, so I, I think it's like that. But yeah, I can appreciate I think that making mistakes has been something that we've recognized to be part of it. And I would say when it comes to that particular topic of authenticity, when we came together, we both pretty much that was one of our main values. Like we did have that conversation that we wanted to invite the other to be authentic, that we didn't want to impose any ideas. And that's why it was the trick it was to kind of watch you grow up with the boys, because I didn't necessarily know that's where you were when I fell in love with your smell and hugging you and kissing you. I was just like, how bad can it be? You know, Mm -hmm. I went for it. But I definitely know that we both valued authenticity. And I know our children acknowledge us. I think we both have even that reputation in the world that like, we're going to be honest about it. Do you know, even whenever we've gone through, we've been honest. Right. Yep. 
I really resonate that with that. I think everybody is born to have their own unique, authentic expression that's in alignment with their highest purpose and mission in this world. I know you are all about that, Groisha. Uh, me and Miguel, there. I, I feel even up and amplified in that frame that we're both also guardians of truth in a collective kind of sense. So I, I think that kind of enhances our compatibility. So it's great that, and it's a precious gift. I just want to say that it's so, so beautiful to feel safe, you know, that you have a safe container to do the inner work that you need to do because what Miles is calling mistakes right now, right, is, is us developing and evolving awareness of the unresolved things and the um, unconscious energies that we're running. And if we're in a body, we're in school, we're, we're in body, we have room for growth. You know, so as, as, and when you are by yourself and you're a me, every, you know, a lot of th more things can be great. Like, oh, I, that, that there was no problem because there was no feedback, you know, cause I'm in my own little world. It wasn't really affecting anyone else. It was like, you're I'm problem. not affecting anybody, but now when I see, oh my God, my speed. And if I change my mind really quick, or if I'm indecisive, you know, while I think, oh, it's not a big deal. My partner is looking for that we energy at certain times and I'm not fully cognizant of that. And I'm just like, well, I don't know what I'm going to eat. I'll just eat when I, and he's, he's looking to have a routine. So one of the th ways that he's really changing me too is a, a beautiful because I'm learning more to co-create scheduling with him and his beautiful son. So it's, it's, it's important. It's really important, really valuable. And it does take a little practice, right? Cause I've been independent for a few years at least, you know, I've been in many other relationships, but there were also many times that I was single and I certainly enjoy both, but, you know, I'm just very, very grateful to be with somebody that's willing to, the, Miguel's the first person I've really been with that's truly willing to show up to do the inner work. And that is, yeah, just as, like, I can't emphasize enough how, how grateful I am. Because if you have that, if you have that willingness and that openness, then what can you accomplish together, right? Mm -hmm. You have like compatibility and mutual values and mutual interests and mutual passions. And the other big thing I do want to talk about that's been huge in our relationship to create this safe container for authenticity is we, we've been able to really trust each other. I don't think, you know, either of us have ever really done anything to violate the, the trust in the, you know, the almost, you know, going on two years that we've been together. So immensely grateful that, yeah, that my sweetheart is, is so mindful of being aware of, of boundaries that would cause me to question his trust. So it's been, it's been really great on that front. Well, you gave us a good transition, Lauren, because one of the things we, this is our last question is, there's been such a call towards independence, right? In that, that last round of the dark ages of relationships, you know, I can do it myself, this and that, you know, a little bit of a dominance undertone, you know, so, now everyone has a sense of their character. The me's are standing in some type of like awareness or clarity, we pray. But we're asking the me's to share reality, right? So your me is becoming a we. And you don't lose your me. Your me gets stronger and more accountable to the fact that it's in a we. Right? So our, our question then is, what, what are you noticing in your ideas for shared reality? What is the we's? you know, motivations, right? Because I understand we've learned a lot about the me of Laura and the me of Miguel. And we're talking about the shared reality of like, what is the we's mission? Have you come to any clarity around that or any thoughts of how you might share? I mean, 
you get what I'm trying to say, like shared vision, maybe, maybe not reality because you're already in a shared reality, but shared vision, kind of like where does our focus go when we bring ourselves to union? Because it's not in you did this and I did that. And how come you and I didn't get to blah, blah, blah. It's like Miguel said earlier, what are we going to do? Here's a list of things that we need to do, have to do, want to do. How are we going to organize it? You know, that kind of stuff. So to simplify the question, if any, is there a shared vision that you carry for the union that you're in? I feel really blessed that we've both come to a space of acceptance of where we are now because we can't plan like a million steps ahead. But right now we're honoring each other's authenticity because for Miguel to feel in the highest alignment for his life mission, he needs to be a father to his beautiful five-year-old son, which is, you know, why, why he, we're in different states. So, and he honors that I have a whole lot going on and I run my business here in Sedona. So this acceptance of each other's life circumstances is really beautiful and, and shows that we have the ability, if we can make that work, if we could live, you know, an 18 hour drive from each other and make it work because we have a strong foundation of love, of respect and, and caring for each other and a desire to mutually grow. Like we're already on the path. We're on the path of knowing that we want to be our best selves. We both want to be of, of service to the, the highest good in the most authentic way to our creative gifts, talents, and potentials. So we're both supporting each other and gaining the knowledge and expertise and the network and the connections to take our work, our personal mission work together. Yeah, because we're both very much in that in spirituality and health. You know, we're both so passionate about these topics. So I think the shared vision is for us to work towards collaborating in our careers, as well as in our, you know, a romantic relationship that we've been nurturing so beautifully and really, you know, taking care of and showing up and getting through the dark parts and the times that, you know, we're crying and I'm like, no, it's okay. It's not working. We got to fix this, you know, and, and knowing that like we have a resiliency, a re resi resiliency based on the willingness and the openness and to get through challenges and also that spiritual connection to the, the highest good to God, to source. We love to pray together. You know, it's a, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So for me, it's just like, yeah, we're, we're doing it. Let's keep living in the now because the next steps will unfold, you know, cause I want to say, of course, I would love for him to come and us live here in this one of the most beautiful places in the world, but we're not ready. The, the truth is, is that I don't have the, I don't, we don't have the, the infrastructure in a lot of ways. So it's okay. And I'm, I'm actually really proud of us and really proud that we can make a, a long distance relationship work because our minds are limitless. And, you know, I always have his, even if I don't have his hug every single day, I have the, you know, the, the sensation of his hug anytime I want, because I can create that. So the shared vision is to keep doing that and growing that. And we, you know, we love to travel we're like, you know, let's, you know, we, we kind of drop the seeds, right? Like maybe we'll have a house on the beach one day and we're going to have a house, you know, we'll keep my house in Sedona. We'll have a house at the beach and we'll just see whatever unfolds. Like God show me the way, which is exactly actually how I feel I manifested Miguel in my life. Like, I don't know what my, my the most magical man for me looks like, but I'll know when I see him. So, you know, spirit, you show me the way and I'm, I'll recognize it in, in the vibration. So yeah, just, just that's, that's my response for that one.
Nice yeah, Laura and I have been very fortunate that a lot of our life goals, so to speak, or I wouldn't even call it goals because we have different goals and sometimes they change, but it's more like the light at the end of our tunnel is the same. So we already meet each other at the we on 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 multiple fronts but yeah it, it can be difficult though especially being long distance when there's a few items that we would like to say is a we but it can't necessarily be done because of the distance it has been tough but I think that we, oh, specifically for us, because I know a lot of people that may be listening that have been in long distance or are may not feel that way. But we've also been blessed that a lot of things that are happening in our life. It's it for me at least. It's made it easy. You know, I'm I'm very happy that right now it's like we're not in the same household because I've needed a lot of time for myself. You know, having. My young child, you know, I want to make it an easy transition for him. I don't want to force something onto him as well. But, you know, we, we, I think it's important for everybody to, to sit down and, and to put thought process in, in that what is the we that we're sharing? What are the moments that we want to create with, with each other, with our families and whatnot? And, and so those are the things that we have done. The we is introducing ourselves to our family, you know, letting our families know who this person is in our lives, uh, our friends as well, right? M making it a shared effort. And and I would say, yeah, like this fishbowl as well has is, is been a major aspect, being able to get on with you all and to share our lives and to see the similarities and or the differences with other people. But, and I think that that's also a good bouncing board because you can see other people's shared vision and compare it to yours and see, you know, where maybe there's things that we could change or maybe things, things that we like that, Hey, you know, I really like how they do this. And one thing that I, I will say that has helped us a lot in the we was how Miles brought up, I remember very vividly when he brought it up about looking at arguments as a ceremony, right? Uh, because I can be a very argumentative person. I, I, I don't mind it. I could be a lawyer and just talk and talk and talk about stuff until we're orange in the face. But I really, you know, and the good thing was that Laura also resonated, resonated with that. But, you know, I really wanted to make that something that we did that if we do have these arguments and sometimes we forget but i think we've been better about not arguing per se but you know when there's like a big moment in our life like let's look at this as an opportunity like miles had said to you know and obviously gurisha you you talk about this as well right it's like the trigger isn't the problem you know the trigger is just showing you that there's a problem so let's let's look at this sharing that space of we in this way that we make it a ceremony and it's like i'm respecting what she's bringing over and she's respecting what i'm bringing over so because honestly it's like for any couple out there listening if you cannot sit at the table and bring these two you know representations of each other and try to mesh them together into something that now we're going to move forward in a more peaceful way 
then perhaps there isn't a we there, right? Or perhaps you need to look more at yourselves and see, is there a we that we can create? Because if there's not that mutual respect, then, you know, don't, don't waste your time or put the effort in to make it happen. You know, I know some people out there are already have children and have a lot of things. So when you come at the table, you know, and you're really looking at each other and, and what is the we, you know, now you're encapsulating each other. Let's, let's do something here that we can both mesh and, and create something new. I think it is a, a very important. Yeah. I, I like where you go to be looked at in a relationship, but. Yeah. I hear you, Miguel. I appreciate what you're saying. I believe that too much too soon is really a big thing, right? And I, I, as a younger person, I was famous for too much too soon. I did too much too soon a bunch of times. And there's cleanup when you do too much too soon. There's big cleanup because we're not meant to grow too much too soon. We grow like the seasons. We grow in nature. We build over time, you know? And I think when your ideas of yourself are built in some sense of inadequacy, which was the way my tree was singing to me from the base, I thought I had to hurry up and do what I had to do to show up and say that I was okay, right? So too much too soon has has clean up. And so I believe what you guys are doing and going at it so consciously and recognizing that it's going to be in stages and having the maturity, you're both older people. Like that's part of what happens. You know, your impulses are more regulated. You have different things stabilizing you. But I'll say that those hurts that happen when those people sit at the table and can't figure out what the we is, is that so much happens in the too much too soon and those things get unpacked in those triggers that i'll say happen for you to heal and feel because there's some part of you that got bumped or activated that needs attention and once you give it attention and find out what the decision is that that part of you made because once you bring back the feeling that's one thing but it's what you did to respond and how you started to think because of what happened so that's where slow and steady, you know, staying true, breathing a lot, meditating like you're doing, like it just makes the most sense because it's already happening. It's already grown. Do you know, like Laura and I met where we met in such a, a divine organic way, but the relationship we were meant to have was already established, right? It was already going to take its course. Like we already, it already had the the soul's imprints and the call and stuff but the personalities the dynamics like everything gets played out but you feel the call you know the vibe and you grow and you do the dance you learn where you got to learn you back away you come back in like there's a process to growing with people and, and other energies because we all go in and out because that's part of how we grow to know ourselves from all directions do you know i don't even know where that's coming from or why i'm saying it but it's what came out, so I'm going to let it happen. But mostly I want to say that too much too soon is a real thing. And I think we're all learning that we can go slower and we don't have to be so manipulated by emotional kind of drives and, and things because they sometimes are trickery because emotions can be real sneaky. Anything you want to say about shared vision or too much too soon or anything like that? I just like to reflect that how I just, but both of them, they have so much courage and so much 
energy to 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 work on their relationship this early in their relationship that is is that is just one indicator of how how it will be successful and we we are seeing a lot of younger couples coming into to therapy in their first two or three years right mm-hmm. they're trying to make sure they're you know that they're learning right. what they can learn and be who they're here to be with each other yeah for sure yeah, I see their courage too. And that's what's fun is to recognize that, you know, we're built for this. We're built for this. You know, life's a school, relationships are in a classroom, and you don't have to get all A's. You just have to make sure that you can take care of you in a way that you can trust yourself. So thank you guys for coming to the podcast, Our New Voice. We really appreciate you. Is there any last comments or things you want to say before we move towards closing the show? Well, I would like to thank both of you for being such strong pillars in this, you know, this journey and allowing this space. Garisha, you're such a spiritual powerhouse. And I resonate a lot with what you say and, and how you feel and how you also expose yourself, right? And 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 are also courageous and and allowing us to see a little bit into y'all's life. And it it just gives us more fuel for our fire. And we are so appreciative of it. And and I love it, and and I love to hear Miles, you know, galactic monk wisdom come out when when it does. So it is great. I'm so glad to be part of this, and thank you for inviting us for for this podcast. Our pleasure, Miguel. Thank you. Yeah, galactic monk wisdom. That was that's a good one. You sometimes come in, and I just want to say, you know, I'll also express massive gratitude to you, Madeline. You know, you've been a, a big part of my life for a very long time and certainly witnessing your journey in different ways uh, in these last, my goodness, is it is it 20 years? It must be 20 years now. And, you know, and doing a lot of uh, sisterhood work and medicine work and interpersonal work and uh, having opportunities to really experience triggers and uh, various roles with each other that we're like, this role is no good. We've got to shed this fabric and, you know, and transitioning energetic frequencies when they're not really serving. So we, we, we have been through such a journey and want to really shout out to you for the amazing work for always hating home these mantras, you know, rushing is violence, you know, tur- I know you have one with a turtle and moving like a turtle is better and, and seeing you and Miles go through the like a lot of expansion and contraction and even being apart for three years and then finding each other again and seeing the way that you've been able to um, recreate the fabric of understanding of your love and relationship and your fidelity to each other and coming together in this beautiful way to hold the space for couples to do this social mirroring. Wow. So, 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 so profound. So I'm so glad you have found the rhythm to do it in a way that feels really, really good for you. Cause I know you're massively talented and intelligent and you have attracted a partner that's just so perfect to support the pillar that you are and continue doing this uh, God's work for us is honestly is affected. It's been such a blessing for my relationship with Miguel and I can't state emphatically enough how helpful it is to talk to couples that have been together for 20 and 30 years and share a space with them and see like, wow, okay, they're still, they're 
still bickering like that and they still love each other and you know you can't put a price tag on that and that you're still willing to kind of show up like when Chantal said the other day I've been with him for 31 years but I shouldn't expect that he knows everything that I want him to know or even even after 31 years so I, I really just appreciated the compassion and the openness and the willingness to keep seeing your relationship as new again you know, even though you've been together for a long time. So it gave me like a lot of hope for the struggles that me and Miguel have had to know that there's the gold on the other side, like getting through that stuff and like getting to that space where like we got through that, but that's not what we want to focus on where focus goes, energy follows. And Miguel and I are meditating together and it's all, and doing fishbowl together. And it's all serving such a, such a beautiful purpose in our lives. So thank you so much. Oh, Lori, you're so good at talking to the heart, honey. Thank you so much. Thank you for those beautiful words. And the spiritual mirroring is a nice one, too. And you have been a mirror for me. That's where I first started saying mirrors. Like 20 years ago, I started talking about mirrors because there was a Laura. And I was like, this one, she's like a little mirror. And like, we did have to do so much work together in that mirror. But I'm so grateful for the the mutual respect we both had for each other and the resilience of us both. Deep bows, deep bows. So yeah, if anybody's listening and wants to know what the heck the couple's fishbowl is, go to gwhsfamily.com. It's going to go on. I don't know how we're going to fully persist. There'll be groups like we've done, but I might just start an open call once a week, just have the couple's fishbowl and have people come in and like conversations circulate. And then we'll also have the three week and six weeks and retreats that you can come to for deeper intimacy. But so many people are curious about it and want to know what it would feel like. And I don't think anybody came in the first time easily. I don't think anyone was like, oh, that'd be great. Like Miles included, you know? And so, oh, Laura did. Well, Laura and I, of course, because we were like, yeah. <laughs> like, Baby, we got to do this. Huh? Like, hey. <laughs> yeah. so there's been, there's been resistance, but I would say most everyone who's done it has really flowered a little bit and gotten some light into some dark corners and, and felt more connected. So I'm grateful for the way my intuition and the universe's wisdom work. And I'm excited to be in it because I needed it. I need the reflections to be able to meet this differently and not let the, the, the residue of too much too soon be in between me and the love that was meant to be. So I'm grateful for the classroom is with you all as well. Very much. So anything else before I close this up? Nope, I think I'm good. All right, all right. So let's just like come back into our hearts all the way, like all those dancing hearts coming together, just pull them all back to you. Let your eyes close and focus over the top of your nose and with your breath, feel go up and down your spine. And from the right and the left and the front and the back, bring all your energy into the center line of you. And we lovingly release your energy and anybody we spoke about's energy back to them, fully healed in present time. And we take all our own energy back to ourselves, fully healed in present time. And with our hands together, we pray that all things grow divine and everything finds its way. And we communicate clearly, more and more clearly every day. Aho matakias and klaso kamario mateo. Thank you. Bye, guys. Oh, oh thank you. Bye-bye.
Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co-creation and building a new foundation, check out the website gwtestfamily.com and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. Journey in all the directions, calling above and below to the space inside me that longs to glow. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's going to set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know. The way will open. Where is it? Where's the five? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul. Rhythm in the middle. Rhythm in the middle. Rhythm.